Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Hi there, today Karen and I are sharing our approach to kickstarting your healthy food plan for 2023. To set yourself up for success, we take you through shaping up your mindset and environment before adding some simple food foundations. And it's all about creating space for magic. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionist friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance and especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalised sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. Welcome back. I'm Karen and I'm here once again with Aileen and our topic for today is how to kickstart your health food plan in 2023. So it's a natural follow on from last week's episode. And I would just like to welcome our regular listeners. And if you're listening for the first time, a very warm welcome to you. And we do hope that you enjoyed this episode and also that you'll get an opportunity to browse our previous episodes and find topics that you're interested in. If you do need any help finding any topic, please do email us at hello at Runners Health Hub and we'll help you find the appropriate one for you. So Aileen, hi. And I just wanted to ask you why we are talking about this when we are are already three weeks into the new year. Why not during the first week of 2023? Hi, Karen. Hi, everyone. Um, Well, you know, I find that for many of my clients, January can be a challenging month on many different levels. Um, And even if we've had the the best of intentions um, before the festive season, you know, we might have intended to be as healthy as we can uh, during the, the Christmas holidays. But often people have overindulged with food and drink and maybe not as much exercise as they would like. And it leaves them feeling sluggish, tired, uh, sometimes with a bit of a foggy mind. Um, you know, if you like us and you live in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, winter is, you know, we're in the dead of winter really, and it can make you feel like hibernating. So often you don't want to make changes. Um, that can lead to a lack of motivation uh, when it comes to eating in a healthy way. And it's something I'm sure you'll have noticed too, Karen, but over the years, I noticed people embarking on regimes and challenges, you know, on the 
first or the second of January, only to give up a few days or weeks into the new year. So for several years now, I've been advocating a gentle January, and I believe January is the time to nurture yourself, and it can be a great time to to start some new habits and routines, uh, getting those kind of things into place, and perhaps thinking about January as a stepping stone to better health uh, rather than a deep dive into huge changes. So that would be my approach to January. Excellent. Sounds good to me, Aileen. So what you're saying is it's really it's about setting yourself up for success so that you can turn your running and nutrition goals into reality as the year um, goes on. So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about setting a positive mindset to help you make a good start create the foundations for a healthy kitchen environment and then give you a few simple habits which will underpin your healthy food plans for the year ahead. So Aileen, we're going to start with mindset and I just wondered why you've decided to start with mindset. Well, I think mindset is the starting point with getting you back on track. It really helps uh, get back on track if if, you, if indeed you've gone off track. Um, and I think that goes along with setting your intention. So, um, I mean, I guess for people listening today, uh, if you've been attracted to the the title of the the episode, I imagine you're already thinking about kickstarting your healthy food plan, and you're already setting an intention. And when we set an intention. Um, it's really helping us um, focusing on the change that we we want to make. And it's bringing that intention into our consciousness so that we're really focusing on what we desire to do. And I think if getting into a positive mindset usually means that you're more likely to follow through with positive actions. Mm, Yeah, no, I get that. So I'm thinking of an example for me. It might be that I go out for lunch and I choose anything that I like from the menu. But before that, I've already set an intention that for the rest of the day, I'm going to make healthy, healthy choices um, and not continue in that sort of treat mode for the rest of the day, which could happen and does happen for many people. But if you if you set the intention that it's for this one meal and stay healthy around that, then um, that is a a positive mindset. Would you agree with that example, Aileen? Yeah, I think that's a really great example, Karen. And it's also a good example of setting a healthy boundary. Um, So the other thing that I I suggest to clients, and indeed it's something I, I do myself, is I start to think about, what my health goals will be for the coming year around about this time of year. It's, it's, as we said, you know, it's a good time to start thinking about it. And we dedicated last week's episode to goal setting. So we were sort of limbering you all up to start thinking about your, your healthy food plan. And certainly this week with, with clients I've been working with, um, one of the things that I, I like to ask at the beginning of the year is to think of three words which describe how they want to feel this year with regards to their health. And also um, to think of something that they want to do or experience or um, be great with their health this year, because I think that uh, sort of like motivates you to think, well, this is worthwhile doing. Um, And another way of, of thinking about that is to maybe ask yourself how you'd like to be, feel or what you'd like to do this year. So my question, I suppose, to everybody listening today is just ask yourself, 
uh, that question, what are your three words for your new year health goals? And that's really going to help you get into the right mindset to approach kickstarting your healthy eating plan. Mm -hmm. Okay, I like that idea. Just thinking about three words um, that because it keeps it short and sharp, doesn't it? Um, now you're speaking about being in that right mindset. Do you have any other suggestions of how people could prepare a positive mindset? Yeah, well, I think a good thing to start doing is is changing some of the uh, language that you might be using internally about yourself. So I'd suggest sort of decluttering and cleansing your mind of any negative self-talk. So, you know, you might be saying to yourself, I can't do this. I won't be able to do it. It'll be too difficult for me. And then try to flip it into something more present, like I am, I do, it's easy to. Um, and that, again, sort of makes you think it's quite possible uh, that your your goals are achievable. Um, and now that's something we talked about last week, um, which was around um, setting, running and nutrition goals. Um, but it's also important to think about our vision, which, again, we, we touched a bit on on the last episode, and the vision for me almost like comes before the, the goal. So it's like in our wildest dreams, how will we be? Um, what will achieving our goals deliver? And then around that, we can put a, an action plan together of mini steps or actions or milestones, which help us reach our vision and our goal. And, you know, whenever I'm thinking of that, Karen, I always think of that song, Um Cara came from South Pacific, the musical, and it's like, if you don't have a dream, a dream can't come true. Um, but I won't um, sing it. I'm, no, I'm really? <laughs> I'm it in my head, but I'm not going to sing it out loud. Um, happy, happy talk, I think, is the song, yes. if anybody's <laughs> interested. Yes. Um, so, yeah, if you don't have a dream, a dream can't come true. And, and I think another couple of things that I encourage uh, everyone to start embracing is the thought that planning and preparation is key. And um, if you haven't got time to do something to help yourself, then uh, delegate it, get help in whatever way that might be. Um, so don't let having having not got enough time be the problem. And a lot of people will say, I haven't got the time to do that. And it's the most common barrier that people say stops them from taking action and I, I reflected on this a bit when we had the you know the terrible lockdowns and COVID and everybody well a lot of people had a lot of extra time on their hands but many of them didn't use that time to transform their health so I think we can forget that about not having enough time it's all about having the motivation and the um, connection with our goals that help us make that difference um so, yeah, that's my little thought on that. And, and I think the other thing is being prepared to approach change step by step. Often people want, don't want to do that. They want to go from zero to 100 in one step. But I find that if you gradually move in the right direction, moving fast enough to get where you want to be, but slow enough to make the changes that you're comfortable with, that's going to facilitate you being able to maintain the changes, the positive changes that you you need to do to help you achieve your goals. 
Mm, actually, I really like that phrase, Aileen, fast enough to get where you want to be, but slow enough to make changes that you are comfortable with. So doing it at your pace. So uh, I really like that. Now, Aileen, over time, I'm just wondering, have you ever found that people find it really difficult to get started on making the changes or reestablishing good habits at this time of the year? And if so, why do you think this might be? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, getting started at this time of year is all to do with what's happened in the few weeks leading up to this time of year. Um, And that's sometimes put us physiologically in not a great place. Um, At any time of the year, I, I think that the one reason that some people don't get started is sometimes they feel a bit guilty about stepping off their plan in the first place. Uh, and they beat themselves up a bit like, oh, if I hadn't done this, if I'd only done that. Um, and perhaps in their minds, they've made their situation worse by not being on plan. Uh, but I always just say, drop the guilt. Um, it's not going to serve you. Just accept where you are and make a, make a start because procrastination is not going to support you in any way in achieving your running and nutrition goals. So it's a bit like, you know, when you've had a holiday or, Uh, you've taken a break from running and you're thinking I'm never going to get back to where I need to be well you're only going to get back to where you need to be by doing that first step out the door and it's the same when it comes to changing your food plan you've got to make a start yeah absolutely and I think it sort of feeds in again to what we were speaking about last week it's about moving forward not back so what's happened before let's just move forward with your goals yeah. OK, so really what what you're saying is that before you even think about taking any practical steps to embarking on upgrading your food plan, it would really pay to get your mindset shaped up first. So um, so let's from there start talking about environment and how does environment help Aileen? Well, we've just mentioned the benefit of decluttering our minds, and it's the same when it comes to our environment. And I'm I'm really thinking here about the kitchen. Um, uh, Many years ago, and I'm really going back sort of, I don't know, 10 or maybe even 15 years ago, I worked with um, a coach, Karen Nola, and one of the things that she talked about was clearing space for magic. And it's a concept that I really embraced, and it's something that I use all the time. And basically... What you do is, you know, I I clear out the old and I make space for the new, which is, you know, again, a sort of end of year, beginning of year type of thing to do. But you can use this concept at any time. So whenever I'm about to get my food plan back on track, I start with the practical tasks, which are common sense, but sometimes take a little bit of courage and a little bit of conviction. Um, So particularly after the festive season, you know, the, the kitchen can be in disarray, can't it? There can be lots of leftover in fridges, freezers, larders, and it can feel really tempting to eat and drink them all up before you start on a healthy food plan. And lots of people take that approach in, in January, um, but it's not really serving you. Yeah, yeah, I think probably most people can identify with that alien. I certainly can regarding the amount of leftovers in the fridge, in the freezer, everywhere, really. Um, and, and I think that nobody really likes to waste food. Therefore, they feel that uh, that they need to eat it. 
Yeah, and that that's understandable. I, you know, I agree with that. But I think there are things that we can do. Um, so, for example, we can store the non-perishable foods for later, and then we can maybe eat them in smaller amounts occasionally. Um, one of my rituals, and I, I, I've already done it this year, but post New Year's Day is that I just clean the fridge out completely and I remove all the food and drinks which don't fit into my plan and removing them um, may mean disposing of them or it might just be storing them away out of sight. So it, it's not eating them until it's finished. And uh, and what I do when I when I do this exercise, I just take everything out of the fridge. So the fridge is totally empty. I clean it out and then I decide what's going to go back in. And um, some of the food that I've taken out, I might freeze it and use it later. Some of it might be made up into another dish, which can then be either eaten that week or frozen for later. Um, And the other thing that I do, this is particularly at this time of year, is, you know, I I take out the wine and beer that might have been in the fridge because we've been socialising for a couple of weeks. Um, And I put that away. And then I only chill wine and beer when I've consciously decided that I'm going to drink it. So it's not just always there on tap like it would be if you went into a a bar or a pub Um, and then once I've done the fridge I move on to the freezer and the larger and I I just do that in exactly the same way so clear things out put back things that need to be put back Um, in the freezer I might have one drawer that is it's full of what I would call party food so it's not food I'm going to have every day but it's still good quality food and it might be good for you know, social occasions later on. And in the larder, I've got a littered box and and that's for treat food and for ingredients that I don't use very often. Um, So my approach is if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. And when I've done that, it just feels so much easier to start afresh with my new year healthier food plan. Mm, I really like your idea, Aileen, of just taking absolutely everything out of the fridge and um, and then deciding what you're going to put back in again. And it also gives you a great opportunity to clean the fridge out because the, the fridge does get dirty, doesn't it? And, and we just keep pushing things in it. So it's, it's, it's twofold. It really sort of helps uh, decide which food you're keeping and what's going and where it's going. But also it's an opportunity to clean the fridge out. But um but really, hopefully by this stage in January, I would say most of the leftovers will have been eaten by most people, I think. But I know in my kitchen, there are still some street foods around. So it is an ideal time to, to have a proper kitchen tidy up, even if maybe I go and do the fridge this weekend. So I might just do what you said, Aileen, and take absolutely everything out. Then I'll move on to the freezer. And then the do the larder on maybe a subsequent weekend. Um, and so hopefully, if we all do this by February, we'll all have really healthy looking kitchens. So, um, so, so by February, that's where we'll be. And if we are in that place, what would then be the next natural step, Aileen? Well, the next natural step would be to um, start thinking about minimising or eliminating food, drinks and another habits which aren't serving me or you depending on who we're talking about and and then thinking about how you can swap those things or replace them with more nourishing food and drinks that will support me and it will help me think about um, 
you know, those habits and um, choosing the right foods in relationship to my goals. So it's almost like, you know, you've gone through the, I'm in the right mindset. I've sorted out my environment. Now is the time to make changes with food uh, and drink habits uh, going forwards. But to, to do it the other way around, you might not get the right results. That's what I think anyway. Yeah. Absolutely, I would agree with that. So it's all about creating the food and drink habits, which we're going to move on to habits in a minute. But before we do that, shall we just stop for a, a short advert break? Yeah, sure. So uh, in our last episode, we mentioned our uh, next uh, live free Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner training, which is happening soon on the 1st of February. So I just wanted to remind everyone to register for the session. Um, and it's a free Zoom session. Uh, and we'll put the registration links in the notes. Um, we'd really love to meet you in our Zoom room. And um during the training, we're going to cover quite a few different things. So I'm going to have to stop for a little sip of water. Mm-hmm. Maybe actually, Karen, you could talk about what we're going to do in the Healthy Woman Health. Yeah, absolutely. So, so during that trainer, training, what we're going to do is some insights into the Healthy Woman, Healthy Runner method and how it could support you as you transition through midlife. In particular, we cover the reasons for weight gain in midlife, and they may not be what you expect, and also what could be influencing hormone imbalances in midlife as well. Now, the training usually lasts about 75 to 90 minutes, and during that time, there is there are opportunities to ask us questions about your nutrition and your running, as well as any midlife health concerns that you may have and any questions you have around the Healthy Women, Healthy Running method itself. So if you would like to be part of the training, then please do book your spot. Like Aileen was saying, the training will be held in our Zoom room and it's on the 1st of February at six o'clock. And just to remind you that we will put the link to register and book your place in the show notes so that it's easy for you to to find and to register. And um, we look forward to welcoming you to the the Zoom room very soon. So um, that's the 1st of February. Oh, thanks, Karen. I think I might have recovered now. I just had a little bit of a frog in my throat there. Okay. Okay. That's great. So shall we move on, Aileen? Are you happy for me to move on? Yes, please. Okay, so I know that we're going to um, talk about healthy habits, but before we do that, I'd I'd just like to mention a couple of things which may be considered to be more mindset. The first being the setting an intention to nourish your body, and the second being an intention to follow the eighty. 80-20 approach to your food plan. Now, an easy way to approach that nourishing of your body is to eat good quality fresh produce. So Aileen and I speak about this so often. So it's about not having the processed foods or ready meals and choosing organic wherever you can. Now, eating in this way makes it easy for your body to do its job Um because it's got instant access to a wide range of nutrients and doesn't need to allocate resources to that elimination of toxins which are found in the processed foods. So every time you choose a food or drink, ask yourself, how will this nourish me? Now, I think that's a great way to to help you consciously choose the food 
and the drinks that's going to support your health rather than potentially diminish health. And and just thinking about the 18-20, now, like I say, Aileen and I often talk about following this 18-20 approach when it comes to your food plan. And indeed, in in everything linked to your lifestyle, really. And it's important to have that balance in all aspects of our lives, I think. Now, the aim should be to be on plan, so to speak, um, about 80% or or 80% of the time, but allowing yourself 20% of time for choosing to be off plan for those treats, for socialising and for times when life just gets in the way and you can't follow what you would like your ideal plan to be. However, it is really easy to be in denial about the 80-20 rule, I think, especially when it comes to healthy eating and living. It's quite possible that maybe over the festive period, we haven't been following that 80-20 approach. And I put my hand up to that on occasion. So it's just about um, reapplying that approach as we move forward in 2023. So that's just a little a little extra note linking sort of um, action and mindset. Yeah, I think that is a really powerful um, intention to set. And, you know, thinking back to last week's episode when we were talking about big rocks, you know, following the 80-20 approach could be your big rock. Um, So that would be a, a good one to think about. What I've noticed with myself and with some clients, um, when you have had a prolonged period like a holiday where you've not been following the 80-20 and, you know, you might want to ask yourself the question, what have I been doing? Has it been 50-50 or has it been 20-80 possibly or even 100? That you you might need to... um, you might want to start with the 80-20, but maybe if you're really trying to um, sort of recover uh, from any, any, I don't like to say damage, but you know what I mean? If you've put on a few pounds, for instance, you might want to have a 90-10 approach, perhaps for a week or longer, just to really uh, kickstart um, your program again. Um, so, for example, 10% of your week would mean um Three, if you, if for instance, you eat three meals a day, that means you can eat off plan for two meals a week. Whereas 20% off plan would mean four meals a week or maybe one day or two half days. Um, so it's all about getting that uh, balance right and um, really choosing what suits your goals and your lifestyle. Because often I find, I don't know about you, Karen, I find that when cl- clients think that the 80 20 rule actually starts at you know, Friday morning and finishes on yes. Sunday evening, which does not give you 80-20. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's important to, you know, get the get the proportions right in your, your week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the idea of doing the 90-10, but for a limited period only, just to help get you back in track and help detoxify the body in whatever way it needs to be detoxified is, is a really good idea. And then going back to that um, 80-20. Now, Aileen, I was just wondering if you would be able to suggest three things which would help everyone get back on track with their healthy food plan post post the festive period really yeah well my top three would be firstly to establish a meal routine because often 
we've got out of any kind of routine. Uh, secondly, um, start managing portion sizes and plate balance. And, and thirdly, make sure you're well hydrated. And they're all very simple concepts, uh, but we're very easily taken off track when we have these extended holiday periods just because we're out of our normal routines. Mm. But if you can get all three right, you really create a good foundation uh, for blood sugar balance. So you'll find that cravings for unhealthy foods disappear, energy levels start evening out and becoming higher. Um, And also uh, you might find that you drop a little bit of of weight too. So um, they're, they're simple. You don't almost like don't have to change too much about what you're eating just by eating with the routine having plate balance not overeating not undereating, uh, and making sure that you've got plenty of water that can be really really good foundation mm, definitely definitely and, I, and I'm just thinking that Aileen that probably by this time in January for most people they're back into a normal work and school routine so it is a great time to check that you are scheduling your meals in in a good routine and sort of thinking about that four to five hours apart from each other and no longer than six hours apart just to support that blood sugar balance and also just a reminder on portion sizes um, as a quick guide you know just think about your protein as a palm sized portion half of your plate being green vegetables and salad vegetables plus a fist sized portion of starchy vegetables um, or whole grains so that was just a a, a quick way of visualising um, and and sort of working out how much of each type of, of food to have. Now, I find that getting back on track, especially after a, a long period off track, so to speak, is not the time to start depriving yourself. So I would I would suggest that you eat enough to satisfy you and to keep the cravings at bay. You might adjust portion sizes when you start to feel that you're you're back in the zone, that you're back on track again, but uh, important not to, to, to pr- deprive and go hungry because that's going to lead to blood sugar imbalance and cravings again. Yeah, that's really good advice, Karen. And it's a good point about portion sizes because sometimes when we've been eating a lot of sugary and salty snacks and processed foods it can just take a few days to adjust and at this stage it's really important to nourish yourself and as you say you can adjust the portions as your body settles into a new healthy plan sort of one or two weeks down the line and and a final word on hydration again you know this seems really obvious uh, but it's a habit we easily forget so it's important to consume, you know, on average, we're, you know, the generic um, advice is six to eight glasses of filtered water and, and herbal teas a day. Um, but just remember that sometimes when you feel hungry, it's often a sign that you're dehydrated. Um, so there's lots of different things that you can do. You know, it doesn't just have to be plain water. You could squeeze some fresh lemon or lime in or maybe add some cucumber strips or some pomegranate seeds if you if you like a little bit of flavour in your water. Um, and it might be the right time also to start thinking about minimising or eliminating stimulants, so things like coffee, black tea, soft drinks uh, and alcohol. Um, but if you're feeling that cutting all of these out at once feels too challenging, then just make a choice to reduce the number that you have over maybe a week or two weeks 
and um, and gradually start reducing it and all of that's going to um, really contribute towards that getting back on track um so karen you know we've talked about a few different things so far today so what would be the one thing that you would suggest to everyone to put into action following today's episode well Aileen, i think it has to be the clearing out of the fridge and creating that space for magic i really like that phrase so um and i think that whilst you're clearing out your fridge you can be setting your intention and then filling your fridge with the nourishing food so yeah clear your fridge out maybe this weekend i'm going to do it this weekend definitely taking everything out cleaning the fridge and popping things back that i i know will will support my body so nourish my body but also support my training so that's what I would suggest for everybody so now that we've chatted about this shaking off of the festive season indulgences I have to say it doesn't sound too difficult Aileen you've given everybody some really simple but profound steps that they could take to to really support their their health and their nutrition and their nutrition plan going forward so with that in mind could you maybe round up with your key takeaways for everybody from today's episode yeah sure so just as a a quick reminder there's three areas to consider when it comes to kickstarting your healthy eating plan and that's mindset environment and habits so with mindset our suggestion is have a gentle january and think about um, how and what you'd like to feel be and do and in the coming year so that you can create your health vision and intention to support your motivation around both your running and your nutrition goals as well as the action plans that you're going to put in place to achieve uh, those goals i'd really invite you to be open to to uh, using preparation and planning um, around achieving your goals and taking a step-by-step approach will help you achieve everything that you desire and remember to drop any guilt around whatever's gone on in the past leave it in the past and uh, and make a start you know however small that start will be it's going to help you uh, move forward uh, consider how you can create a healthy kitchen environment by cleaning out your fridge and freezer and larder and uh, as we said a couple of times it's really going to help you create space for magic and there are lots of things you can do to um, improve your healthy or improve your food plan so it becomes healthier but the first habits to establish or indeed re-establish because hopefully you've already tried them out in the past is having a regular meal routine uh, managing portion sizes and plate balance and remember to optimize everyday hydration because that's going to support blood sugar balance it's going to help maintain energy levels it's going to keep your mind clear stop hunger pangs and balance hormone levels so um all good to have and all very foundational and when you when you have all of that everything is possible and you're going to feel fabulous so that's my message to uh, round up today's episode karen Oh, I love that, Aileen. That's a really positive message to conclude today. So thank you very much. And remember, everyone, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. 
In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for Women's Changing Bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases.